Section 11 of Birds, Volume 1, Number 1, January 1897. Recorded for LibriVox by Julian Prattley. The Red Bird of Paradise. My home is on an island where it is very warm. I fly among the tall trees and eat fruit and insects. See my beautiful feathers. The ladies like to wear them in their hats. The feathers of my wife are brown, but she has no long tail feathers. My wife thinks my plumes are very beautiful. When we have a party, we go with our wives to a tall tree. We spread our beautiful plumes while our wives sit and watch us. Sometimes a man finds our tree and builds a hut among the lower branches. He hides in the hut, and while we are spreading our feathers, shoots at us. The arrows are not sharp, they do not draw blood. When they dry the skins, they take off the feet and wings. This is why people used to think we had neither feet nor wings. They also thought we lived on the dews of heaven and the honey of flowers. This is why we are called the birds of paradise. Upon its waving feathers poised in air, feathers, or rather clouds of golden down, with streamers thrown luxuriantly out, in all the wantonness of winged wealth. Birds of paradise are found only in New Guinea and on the neighbouring islands. The species presented here is found only on a few islands. In former days very singular ideas prevailed concerning these birds, and the most extravagant tales were told of the life they led in their native lands. The natives of New Guinea, in preparing their skins for exportation, had removed all traces of legs, so that it was popularly supposed they possessed none, and on account of their want of feet and their great beauty were called the birds of paradise, retaining, it was thought, the forms they had borne in the Garden of Eden, living upon dew or ether, through which it was imagined they perpetually floated by the aid of their long cloud-like plumage. Of one in confinement, Dr. Bennett says, I observed the bird, before eating a grasshopper, place the insect upon the perch, keep it firmly fixed by the claws, and, divesting it of the legs, wings, etc., devour it with the head always first. It rarely alights upon the ground, and so proud is the creature of its elegant dress that it never permits the soil to remain upon it, frequently spreading out its wings and feathers, regarding its splendid self in every direction. The sounds uttered by this bird are very peculiar, resembling somewhat the cawing of the raven, but change gradually to a varied scale in musical gradations, like he, hi, ho, how. He frequently raises his voice, sending forth notes of such power as to be heard at a long distance. These notes are whack, whack, uttered in a barking tone, the last being a low note in conclusion. While creeping amongst the branches in search of insects, he utters a soft clucking note. During the entire day he flies incessantly from one tree to another, perching but a few moments, and concealing himself among the foliage at the least suspicion of danger. In Bennett's Wanderings is an entertaining description of Mr. Beale's bird at Masio. This elegant bird, he says, has a light, playful, and graceful manner, with an arch and impudent look, dances about when a visitor approaches the cage, and seems delighted at being made an object of admiration. It bathes twice daily, and after performing its ablutions, throws its delicate feathers up nearly over its head, the quills of which have a peculiar structure, enabling the bird to affect this object. To watch this bird make its toilet is one of the most interesting sights of nature. The vanity which inspires its every movement, the rapturous delight with which it views its enchanting self, its arched look when demanding the spectator's admiration, are all pardonable in a delicate creature so richly embellished, so neat and cleanly, so fastidious in its tastes, so scrupulously exact in its observances, and so winning in all of its ways says a traveller in New Guinea. As we were drawing near a small grove of teak trees, our eyes were dazzled with a sight more beautiful than any I had yet beheld. 
it was that of a bird of paradise moving through the bright light of the morning sun i now saw that the birds must be seen alive in their native forests in order to fully comprehend the poetic beauty of the words bird of paradise they seem the inhabitants of a fairer world than ours things that have wandered in some way from their home and found the earth to show us something of the beauty of worlds beyond End of section 11. This recording is in the public domain.